Well, hey everyone, welcome to the start of our series on mindfulness. Today we're talking about Mindfulness 101. We're starting right with the basics. And if you're wondering what this series is about, uh, it's about mental health. It's about being transformed into the image of Christ. Um, and so it's about being emotionally resilient. It's about becoming confident and strong and understanding the relationship that the mind has with every other part um, of our world. And what I love about the Bible is the Bible speaks to so much. It speaks to everything. And there is so much content here about the mind. We may not, not have heard it preached. We may not have read it. But I love that God cares about every part of your life. God cares about your body. God cares about your relationships. God cares about your mind. God cares about your spirit because God genuinely is, he's for you. He's not against you. And he wants to see you flourish as a human being and fulfill your potential. You know, we have three parts of our vision uh, that we talk about here at C3 Reflect. We talk about connecting in the community. Uh, we talk about transforming into the image of Christ. And we talk about being released into influence. I, I just know that there are dreams in your heart there are things that God has ordained for you in your purpose that are part of your contribution to this world. And uh, there is stuff that God wants to do through you. And, and, and but what we need to understand is that before that part of us, that creative part of us can truly be released, where we become an influence and we become a light and we become, uh, you know, part of reflecting the glory of God. Um, before that can take place, we have to go through this continual process of transformation. And uh, transformation happens pretty much mostly in the mind. I mean, I know there are physical transformations. You know, someone goes for a fitness journey and we're cheering them on and saying, well done you. But the thing is, is that that journey may have been had a, a physical application where it looked like it was all physical. But the reality is, is there's a mental game in the mix that the psychology of what it takes to get fit and to bring change into our life is huge. And the Bible actually tells us this in Romans 12, uh, verse 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so there's kind of two things we need to consider. One is that God wants us to be healthy and happy, right? <laughs> like God wants our minds to be full of the right things. And that's why we call the series Mindfulness, because the real question for us is, what is our mind full of right now? Is it full of worry? Is it full of fear? Is it full of anger, resentment? Uh, is it full of stress? Or is it full of peace? Is it full of joy? Is it full of uh, gratitude? Is it full of love? Is it full of confidence? What, what is your mind full of today? I just know that God's vision for your life is that your mind and every other part of your life would be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would be full of all the things that you actually want to be full of. <laughs> and, uh, and so there's one aspect which is about health and happiness and, and all of that. But the other aspect is about strength. You know, when you are an emotionally resilient person, when you are a confident person, you are going to accomplish uh, everything that God has given you to accomplish. And all the dreams that are on the inside of you are, are going to get be fulfilled. Uh, why? Because God has done a transformation process on the inside of you. And so this, you might be coming at it from a couple of different angles today, but what I know is that God wants to help us have a strong and healthy mind. And I love that the Bible talks loads 
about the health of the mind and uh, about mental health before that phrase became part of our consciousness quite so much in today's age. And I'm grateful that we live in a culture that is now starting to understand that we're more than just physical beings. Um, but it's important that we spend a bit of time as we talk about the mind to really understand the architecture of what it means to be human. And, uh, you know, in the conversation of mental health in our culture, we don't really talk much about the spiritual side of it. And so what we really wanted to do is bring in the truth of the word of God and explore the relationship between spirit, mind, and body so that we would become strong and resilient and well and mindful in all of the right sort of ways. Um, so um, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, write this down, verse 10, um, just a great passage of scripture that is going to set us up in this conversation. And this is what it says, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God, for who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God's God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And wisdom, oh sorry, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So, wow, just some fascinating stuff there about the relationship between the mind and spirit. And, and uh, let me just say that because there's a bit of a strange verse there that says the spiritual person is to be judged by no one. That isn't saying that um, we don't need accountability and correction and, uh, you know, uh, brotherly love and uh, all of those things where we actually champion each other to be, to be better. It's, it's simply just talking about how the, the gulf between spiritual and natural that the natural person can't understand the things of the spirit and so can't really discern or judge what's taking place. Um, but amongst spiritual people, we do need accountability and all those things as well. So that's just important just to put in there as a foot uh, note. Um, but, but I love what it says here. It says that who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person. Okay, so we're starting to get a picture of, of the architecture of, of the mind and the body and, and the spirit, right? And, and the person's thoughts, as who knows a person's thoughts? I think it's really interesting, right? Because uh, I don't know if you realize this, but there are actually two parts of your mind. Uh, there's the part of your mind, your conscious mind, which you do know what's going on there. You're in the room, you're watching this, you're, you know, maybe you get a cup of coffee, and we're, we're aware of what's happening in the moment, in the present moment. That's your conscious mind. But then there is another part of your mind called the subconscious part of your mind, where you don't actually know everything that's going on. And there's a whole depth of, let's call it programming code, of things that you have learned and picked up and your life experience um, that is shaping much of what you do. We like to think we're in control, but often we are running on scripts and things that we've learned, coping mechanisms. Uh, when we've experienced a trauma or a pain in some way, we, we have to figure out a way to cope with that. And so these things have been programmed into us. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're English or British, you know, politeness has been programmed in on a, it's It's not a conscious thing. You just can't help. Oh, sorry. Like <laughs> you, you just can't help. It's just part of who you are. And so you see this in different 
cultures, different cultural programming that is just like, oh, why doesn't everyone think the same as I do? Well, it's because it's taking place on a subconscious level. This is the part of your mind that the Bible is describing here. It says, who knows a person's thoughts? Because the reality is, is you can't actually go in and see and examine the code to find out what's going on. And so we may have some great programming, you know, if you're from a, uh, maybe a great family background, hopefully you've been raised right and all those sorts of things. Or maybe we might not. Maybe we've got some things that uh, have, have messed us up a bit and we've had to figure out our own way. And I just love that God is so gracious to us. However we find ourselves in this moment, I just want to encourage you, God is so gracious to where we are because, uh, you know, none of us are perfect. None of us got a perfect life, but God's grace is here to help to empower us so that we can become whole and healthy and maybe rewrite some of the stuff on the inside of us that is not helpful. Um, you know, uh, every single one of us have emotional respo- responses. You know, uh, when we're stressed or when we're anxious, we can turn to certain things. It's like just a, a default pattern. Some of us binge eat. Some of us just get on Netflix. Some of us just uh, abandon responsibility. Uh, some of us have figured out how to program that to be positive things. Hey, uh, when I'm down, I'm going to pick up the phone. Uh, and, uh, and these are things that are not just happening on a conscious level, although they can. But often it's like just something on the inside of us takes over. Well, that something is your subconscious. It's taking place on a subconscious level. And so if we want to experience transformation and if we want to experience health, we need to figure out a way to get the mind of Christ, which we've already received, but God's way of thinking deep into our mind so that we would be able to test and experience and that our external world would would line up uh, with what we actually want and not with what has just been put there, maybe by someone else or by the difficulties of life that we've experienced. And so when someone presses your buttons, when someone sends that back, that phrase back in an email and there's a response on the inside of you that you actually can't 100% control. It's, a, it's like a script that is run. And God wants to help us to fix some of those things because those are the things when we think about mental health and we think about things, whether it's, I mean, the mind is hugely complex, so we're hardly going to tackle every single uh, thing. But when we think about things like panic attacks um, or anxiety, um, social anxiety, for example, or even, uh, you know, eating disorders or self-harm or uh, just so many things um, that that can, can be happening that we see in a very external, practical way. The thing is, is that all of those things are linked in some way to something that is taking place deep in our subconscious. But I believe today, I want to encourage you because we have a God who is interested and keen on and committed to your transformation. And transformation takes place in the mind. There is hope today that we can walk with God and see healing flow in our mind and then also practically outworking into our physical expression. So the mind is made up of of the conscious and the subconscious. So that's really important to understand the relationship of how this works. You know, the Bible says there that the, the spirit, only the spirit can really understand those deepest thoughts. So if you imagine the spirit is kind of like the center of, of a person and, you know, we can't test or tangibly, ex, you know, touch or measure the spirit, but the spiritual realm is real. And so the, the spirit of a person, the, your spirit is almost like the epicenter of who you are. And then kind of if you like surrounding that is the mind in these two parts, 
subconscious and conscious. And what's really interesting is that the conscious mind can inform the subconscious and the subconscious mind can inform the conscious. So they both relate to one another. Let me explain how that works. Uh, I hope I said that right because this is getting, this is getting deep, so stick with me. Uh, you know, when the subconscious takes over, we see that, as we talked about, in a negative way where we have a, a, an emotional response, where we are triggered or we are uh, feeling uh, depressed or whatever that is, whatever takes place, whatever our external stressor causes us to have an emotional response, that the script runs and we find ourselves in a place that we don't want to be, um, but we're there because it's programmed into us. So, so that's a way that the, the, the subconscious um, uh, is actually uh, able to form the conscious. It's determining what we think right now. And so we've got thoughts going through our head thinking, where has this come from? Well, it's come from a learned thing. But we need to understand that it's also true the other way. That the conscious part of your brain, your mind, can also affect the subconscious part of your mind. Um, when we think about um, musicians or athletes or anybody who does anything uh, to a high level, like a Formula One driver, you know, they, they are not operating uh, solely out of consciousness when they're making those close calls. They have got subconscious things uh, drummed down in them. Like, think when you learn how to drive and, and when you're first changing gears, it's like, Oh, it's a mess, isn't it? And horrible sounds. And, but over time, you just do it and you don't even think. You, you, there's nothing that you, you don't have to think about how to drive. Some of you do. But, but for the most part, once you learn how to drive, is just taking place, right? And when you learn how to play a musical instrument, and uh, you know, I play guitar, and uh, when, when you learn a riff or you learn a chord, you don't have to think about where the fingers need to go. They just automatically go to the right place. Now you're controlling something, you're running a script in the subconscious part of your mind uh, from, from the conscious. And so these two things can be formed and affected by one another, but at the center of it all is a person's spirit. Now this is what the Bible says, because this is, this is deep. And this is one of the reasons that we need to hear what God has to say about the spirit if we are to ever fully experience mental health. Um, this, this is what it says in Romans uh, chapter 6, verse 20. Um, it says these words. It says, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now you've been set free from sin and become slaves of God. The fruit you get leads to sanctification. That's transformation. That's becoming holy. That's been filled and our mind being filled with all the qualities that we want. Love, joy, peace, kindness, generosity, gratitude. Don't we want those things in our lives? But why is it so hard to have those things? <laughs> why is it that we always default uh, the other way? Well, we're going to look at that. Um, now, sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, so we've talked about how the mind is in two parts. What we need to actually understand is, is that the, 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 the spirit of a person, because of, of uh, sin, has been corrupted. This is also what the Bible confusingly calls the flesh. Sometimes we think that, oh, that's the physical. But it's actually referring to the innermost part of who we are. It's the part of our spirit that actually doesn't 
uh, doesn't want to, to, to follow God. And this part has rebelled against God and the wages of following uh, this part of our flesh, the, the sin on the inside of us, uh, is going to only produce death. And so, of course, Jesus dies on the cross. If you're figuring out how this all comes together, Jesus dies on the cross. He takes up on all sin, including that part of our sinful flesh, to the cross. And so what we do is we share with Christ in the, in the death of sin. And it was like, whoa, awesome. But there's not only a death, there's also a resurrection. And Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is resurrected. And so we too share in this resurrection power that is now on the inside of us. If you're a believer in Christ, if you're a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And it's like now we can begin to shape and experience the fruit of sanctification and eternal life. Because remember that who knows a person's thoughts apart from a person's spirit. So much of what we have in our subconscious programming has been defined by this sinful flesh. Not all of it. Some of it's good. Um, But every single one of us have got like corrupted code, which has come from this. And so we've got ways of doing things that are unhelpful. And we've got ways of thinking that don't make us happy. They actually make us sad and depressed or angry. We've got ways of coping with life that we have to unlearn. And those things have been shaped in us by the flesh. And here's the thing. Every time you see the flesh is dead, the flesh has been put to death on the cross, right? But every time we indulge in the programming of some consciousness that came from the flesh, every time we indulge our sinful desires, it's almost like we're resurrecting the flesh. And the flesh is like, oh, this is great. I'm back again. And so we have to keep crucifying the flesh and becoming obedient to the spirit of God so that we would experience health and the goodness of God flowing through us that would be shaped and we'd experience transformation. And so this is the dynamic that we don't really talk about in popular culture, this relationship between the spirit and the subconscious, the spirit and the mind, because it's really important for us to understand that there are two different ways. We've got a theme running here. We've got two parts of the mind, subconscious, conscious. We've got two things happening internally in our spirit. We've got the Holy Spirit, and we've also got the flesh part of us, And so there's two dynamics there, but there are two places where we can experience transformation in our mind. And so we need to understand both of them. And the first place that we just talked about there is is on the spiritual realm, where God, the Holy Spirit, can do something directly into our subconscious. Now, here's the thing. If, If you and I were to be able to look into what's going on in there, we wouldn't really know what to do, right? Be like, wow, there's all sorts going here. And so the subconscious realm is a place that we want to be very careful with messing around. And so there are some practices and things in our world, in uh, new age practices and uh, Buddhism and meditation and even yoga and some of these things. You know, I, I don't think we need to be too intense about it, but you just need to understand that it is possible to open your mind up in a, in a way that is not helpful and not healthy. You want to make sure that, that, that whenever you are vulnerable with the deepest parts of who you are, the Bible says, guard your heart. The out of it flows, you know, the, the overflow of life, your experience of life. So we want to be very careful what environments, and I'm even talking in a Christian sense, we want to be very careful who we open our lives up to. We want to be very careful. And I always encourage people who hear uh, in our church and our preaching and test what, what we're saying, test it with the word of God. Um, you know, we, we, 
to be very careful where you open up the deepest parts of your soul to because there, there is, a, there is a, a wonderful and beautiful and complex part of you in your subconscious and we want to make sure that we're incredibly careful. And so there are moments in the presence of God and there are moments where we are maybe in a moment of worship or an encounter uh, with God where God will do something directly in the spiritual realm on the inside of us. And, and these moments are great, right? These are the moments where people get healed and it's like, poof, bam, something takes place and it's a miracle. And uh, these things are still taking place. We read about them in the Bible, but we just know these things taking place all over the shop. There are moments where God shows up. I remember um, a long time ago uh, when I was first starting out in all of this church stuff and there was someone in our connect group and she had insomnia. She couldn't sleep. And uh, we just prayed a prayer. It was nothing crazy, but something took place on a spiritual level. And that night from then on, she was able to sleep. And uh, I, I, this is the first time really I've, wow, okay, cool. You know, this is, this is God bringing transformation and healing on a spiritual level. This is the power of God rocking up. And one of the problems we have is that when we've gone through an experience like that, and we need experiences like that, we need moments in the presence of God, and we want to make sure we create as a church moments where we have encounter um, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, where God can do deep work on the inside of us. But one of the things we can fall into a little bit of uh, confusion about is that there's only one of the ways that God uh, brings about transformation with a touch from God. And so if, if you've experienced a touch from God, a moment where God has healed you or set you free or something like that in your past, that's amazing. And uh, we need more of those moments. But one of the dangers is that we approach God expecting him every single time to bring healing and transformation from a purely spiritual perspective. And so we go to the altar call and we go to the moment and we get prayed for and we believe in to recreate the moment, but it doesn't actually happen. And this can lead us to a really dark place where we're trying to figure out, God, what's going on? Is there some sin in my life? Am I doing something wrong? And, and, and this is what happens when we only look at one of the ways that God moves. Now, God moves in miracles and power in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the power of God to show up in your world. But I just know that that is one of the ways that God brings about transformation in your life. And the other way, you see there's two parts where, where the mind is kind of connected. One is from a spiritual side. Remember, who knows the person's thoughts apart from the person's spirit? So it's like the spirit and the subconscious. Something is connected. They're adjacent. But you can also inform the subconscious part of your mind with your conscious mind. And this is where we need to get the word of God into our mouth, into our minds. We need to read the Bible. Jesus is described as the word of God. And so we need to shape our thinking and we're going to do a whole uh, message in future weeks on Christian meditation. We're going to talk about declaration and confession because, and this is what our world actually gets a bit right. They're all into positive thinking and, hey, we're going to, you know, uh, take control of our thoughts. And, and, and these things are good things. You know, we're not against that. This is a biblical concept. It's just my question is, how do we know what our thinking should be? Well, we need the word of God to be our, our measuring stick. We need the word of God to be the filter through which we know what declarations we should be bringing in. Otherwise, we're going to be uh, creating more programming on the deepest parts of who we are that might be pretty good, but not quite right.
and it's going to create some problems uh, in, a, in our future. And so what we see here is these two dynamics of how God moves through the spirit of God and through the word of God. And we normally get churches that just love, they just love one or the other. You know, it's like oh, everything's an experience. Just come and get touched by God. And believe you me, guys, I'm so into that. But there are also things that God asks us to walk through, to create disciplines and uh, uh, to, 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 to do the hard work of programming our thinking and allowing the word of God to take shape in our life. Uh, I, I've got a feeling that the, 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 the mature Christian is the person who holds both together. We have moments of encounter with, with God, but we're also walking with God. And the word of God is shaping our thinking from our conscious mind to the, the subconscious part of our mind and from our spirit back into the mind. These two things together, working in tandem. This is how we experience healing. This is how we experience transformation. If you are watching this today and it's like, oh my gosh, this, this, is, this makes so much sense. I just want to encourage you today. God, God is so for you and God has not given up on you and God has not forgotten about you. It's just that he works this way in the spiritual realm. Let's call it half of the time. And he also works half of the time through you and your discipline and creating rhythms and routines and your ability to, 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 to take ownership of your life. And really, this is when God begins to mature us, where God begins to give us responsibility and says, hey, I'm not just going to treat you like a child where I just show up and do everything for you. Although that's nice sometimes. But I'm also going to empower you to be a follower of Christ. I'm going to empower you to take control over your mind. Well, friends, I hope this has been helpful. And uh, I'm so excited over these next weeks where we're going to be really digging into this topic more and going into some real practicals about a whole load of these topics that we've brought up today. And um, I would love to just pray for you um, as we close today. Maybe there's someone here, and as we've talked about the importance of the spiritual, you realize that you've not yet received the spirit of Christ. You've not re yet received Jesus into your life. You've not yet shared in his death and his resurrection. This is the first most important thing that you do uh, before you begin trying to uh, you know, get strong and healthy and well. It, you need to strengthen your spirit. And you're going to find that the Holy Spirit will empower you to do everything else that you need to do. So if that's you today, I would love to just lead you in a prayer. You can pray back uh, right now and repeat this and uh, just make that decision um, today. So let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me and that you died for me so that my sin could be forgiven and so that I could be whole and well and that you could be Lord of my life. I invite you, Holy Spirit, today into my heart. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, that was the most exciting prayer you could ever pray. It's the beginning of your transformation as we've invited the Holy Spirit, we've invited Jesus to be Lord in our lives. And now begins the process of, of walking with God. So I'd love just to pray for the rest of us here today, all of us, as we just respond. God, I thank you for every person listening today. I thank you that you care for them. I thank you that your power and presence is here, ready to touch and heal. We believe in the miraculous power of God. And I pray even right now, God, that 
that for some, God, that you would move in their life right now and there would be healing in their mind, healing from some of those dark thoughts, the, the despair. God, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus and we speak hope in the name of Jesus. And for all of us, God, we pray, let courage rise. Give us the strength and the confidence to keep walking. We're believing not just for the single moments of encounter, but we're believing that you will empower us in the day-to-day as we keep walking. We pray for a strong and healthy community. Strengthen our thinking, strengthen our minds, strengthen our emotions and fill us, we pray, with your spirit and your word, your way of life, we pray in the name of Jesus. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been Mindfulness 101. Uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you next week.